Hello, lovely friends. Welcome back to the Fit Literate Podcast and welcome to today's Energy Bite. This is Laura, but I'm guessing you already knew that. Uh, Let's hop right into it because I like to keep these super short. Today, we are talking about how to adjust. Now, I made a rookie mistake at the beginning of this year. I put myself on a training plan that ended up being really unsustainable for me. Um, Good news is I took about a week off out of burnout and I'm back in the gym now and I'm feeling good again. But pivoting like that is not easy. (laughs) Uh, That's a, a skill that I've acquired that I think you can practice. It's not a an innate talent, right? And oftentimes when we try something and despite our best efforts and our best intentions, it does not go as planned and we have to readjust. It feels like making a three-point turn in an ocean liner, right? It's It can really take it out of you. So Let's break this down because I think it's maybe simpler than we think. And I think the ability to adjust, to tailor something to your needs, uh, to be able to edit yourself and not just walk away from that thing you were attempting entirely. uh, I think that's a big key to really long-term consistency without totally losing your mind. So Let's talk about this. And I am going to work through this uh, in the case of my my gym plan, because this is a fitness podcast after all, which I seem to keep forgetting. But here we go. The phrase I keep coming back to in terms of setting goals, uh, making plans, especially when it comes to health and fitness, um, and being able to troubleshoot and adjust is empathetic objectivity. I'm obsessed with this phrase. I like to think about it a lot. Um, I like to think about myself and my relationship to myself and how I live my life is a bit of a science experiment, right? It keeps me from getting too attached to anything I'm trying to do. It keeps me... Um, keeps at least, you know, 10% of my brain uh, a little more distant from myself so I can observe what's working and what's not working and what I'd like to adjust um, with a little bit more kindness towards myself than if I were deep in it and just grinding ahead, right? So that's my, my challenge for you is to think about how we can uh, look at ourselves with the the casual objectivity of a scientist and also the empathy of someone who has to live inside our body and participate in our experience um, knowing what we know and having all the context, right? So quick list of questions for you. Let's work through this together. Number one, what's not working? For me, in the case of this fitness regimen that I tried to take on in the beginning of this year. Uh, The training sessions were too long for me. I uh, was using a plan that was made by a fitness person online that I trust very much um, for context. But the workouts, the gym workouts were taking me, I'm going to say about an hour Um, sometimes a little more by the time I'd, you know, warmed up and cooled down the way I wanted to and gotten to the gym and gotten comfy. Um, And that was a major barrier to me 
getting the workouts done, right? Uh, It felt like a tremendous task to take on. And as someone who, you know, works, I'm not always working out when I'm training or coaching or, you know, teaching class. I've found ways to manage my energy in those situations. So I'm not overly stressing my system. But as someone who's thinking about exercising a lot during the day, I don't find as much peace in an hour to myself at the gym uh, as I used to. I don't have the attention span for it anymore. So that wasn't working. Uh, The frequency with which I was training also wasn't working. Um, It was too much. And luckily, I know enough about my body now to know when when my body uh, needs more rest than I'm giving it. So that was not working for me. Um, It also made it difficult to stick to because the program was broken up into weeks. And when I was listening to my body, I would push a uh, session to the next week. And then it felt like I was falling off track. And that was really demoralizing, even if that's something that's sort of made up in the long term. So identifying those things that aren't working for you and I choose this phrasing very carefully here to say uh, we identify what's not working in this experiment of ourselves rather than saying, oh, what can't I do? What am I bad at? What am I failing at? Instead, what's not working? Let's lay it all out on the table and let's be really, really honest, right? I would, mm, well, maybe in a past life, I would have loved to be one of those people who loves to spend hours and hours and hours in the gym. And that's just not me. So we're going to approach it with that empathetic objectivity and go, no, this is actually too long for me. And that's getting in my way. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Number two, what is working? This is maybe a little more fun. What can we keep? What is going smoothly? What is making sense? What is helping you remove barriers rather than adding in additional ones? Um, In my context, having a training plan written by someone else took out a huge barrier in terms of letting my creative brain rest and just feeling like I was taken care of, right? Um, I also started a running training program around the same time. Again, look at that, taking on way too much. I could have told you that if I sat down and thought about it for a minute. But having a coach in my ear, uh, someone talking me through it, again, feeling like I was being looked after, feeling like I had a little bit of guidance, that was really motivating for me. And that kept me consistent in a way that I would not have been if I had just decided, oh, I'm going to run X amount of times per week. So that worked really well. Um, Something I also got in the habit of along with this is picking out my gym clothes the night before, keeping my gym bag packed, Um, And then other things like my gym is in a convenient location for me. I found a time of day that I enjoy training. I got a new pair of shoes that were really helping me run. So those things count too. The logistics are just as important as the work itself. And often the logistics are the thing that's getting in our way, not a desire to do what we're doing, or rather a lack of desire to do what we're doing. So logistically, what is working for you? Um, Especially because I think that we tend to focus solely on the things that aren't working or the places we feel like we've slipped up or the places we feel deficient. Um, And often 
the things that are working heavily outweigh the things that aren't working. Um, but we're here to troubleshoot the things that aren't working. So I think it's uh, worthy to take the time to really recognize where your efforts uh, have really counted those those building blocks that you've placed where where they're really setting you up for success. All right. Number three, now we get to the the beginning of the three-point turn, the real adjustment. Now that we've looked at everything uh, with that empathetic objectivity, now that we've laid it all out on the table, how do we adjust? So in the case of me and most other recovering perfectionists I know, um, or most people who are taking on new goals, new challenges, new regimens, something like that, uh, the biggest... I don't even want to call it a mistake. I think the big, the biggest stumbling block is that we will take on too much. It's just human nature. We get excited and we want to do it all. So with that being said, my third question for you is where can I scale back? Where can I offload some of this? Where can I outsource some of this? Where can I do less to get the same reward? Where can I put in less effort for the same result? If any part of what I did was working for me, how can I go about things differently to experience that same good thing without feeling like I'm spinning my wheels? So while I'm getting back in the gym, while I'm adjusting my training program going forward, I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, I liked going to the gym as often as I was, but the length of the workouts was not working for me. Yeah. So I'm cutting down my workouts to 30, 40 minutes, which is something that I preach, but I wasn't practicing. (laughs) Um, Something that was working for me in the program that is not something I have been good at before was the amount of repetition, uh, was the simplicity. Um, That was really working for me. And that's not something that is my default. Yes. So keeping that going forward, going, okay, when I attempt this again, that's something I don't have to worry about. Yeah. A big part of this too is just releasing the guilt, releasing that, you know, pile of experiments that didn't work out and looking at those as not a waste of time, but a a stepping stone to figuring out what did work for you. So where can you scale back? Where can you do less? Where can you go on to power saver mode um, and still get what you needed to get out of it because that's the most important part and not to throw you back all the way, but that really does come back to finding your why, knowing why you're doing what you're doing and not just, oh, I'm going to choose this thing. I'm going to do this thing because of what that means about me as a person or because someone told me I should, or because this is the first thing that popped up. Why are you doing what you're doing? And then having that intention is going to make it a lot easier to remove all the extra stuff that gets in the way. Number four, my last question for you. What part of this project am I still excited about? I hate to break it to you. If it's not at least a little bit fun, you're probably not going to do it, right? (laughs) I know I won't. 
And when things are new, when we've set out on our fresh start, on our new path, on our on our brand new program, we're riding that wave of motivation and it's easy to keep things fresh and fun. But if we want consistency, if we want long-term work and effort and therefore long-term results from that effort, we need to keep things feeling good to a certain extent. So to put it in my context, with my training program, I was feeling some major strength gains from the consistency that I was able to muscle through in that, you know, first month, first six weeks when it was going well. And that felt so good. I had not been consistent in my training like that in quite some time. And I saw progress because of it. Nothing wild, but a normal amount of progress that you can expect when you're putting in effort. Go figure. (laughs) I guess that part of it's not rocket science. But I was excited about that. And honestly, that feeling is what's keeping me in the game for going, okay, I'm going to troubleshoot my training program rather than I hate the gym, I hate working out, I'm not going to step back in the gym for six months. Something else, let's say you had a goal to maybe read before bed at night and then you hit a book that was just dense, a complete slog. If we're looking at troubleshooting that, our goal there is to read, right? It's not necessarily to read that book. So is there a new book that you're excited about? Is there something that actually sounds like it would be fun to read? Can you, can we trick our brains into focusing on the next steps of this plan that are going to feel really good rather than where we have tripped up, where we have fallen off, um, et cetera, et cetera. So let's go through four questions again. And I know these are big questions, but I really do think these are the only four you need. (laughs) So number one, identify what's not working. What's not working? Number two, what is working? What am I going to hold on to? What am I going to keep moving forward with? Number three, where can I scale back? Where can I do less? Where can I conserve my energy and my effort? Number four, What part of this am I excited about? And here's the secret about number four. If the answer is nothing, maybe it's time to walk away. Anyways, I hope this was helpful. I'm excited to hear about what you might apply it to. Um, I've been loving, loving, loving the DMs I've been getting from y'all. You know, Carolyn and I are hashtag sluts for feedback, but I really do love hearing about what you thought about these episodes because uh, my goal especially is to keep these quick and maybe informative and especially just helpful for you. So Thank you for being here with me, friend. Thank you for listening today. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, We would love, love, love it if you would, um, what is it? Share it, rate it, rate us five stars, please. Those little stars mean a lot. (laughs) And we love, love, love when you share that you're listening, when you share the podcast episodes that are resonating with you. Or of course, if you let us know your thoughts, you can DM us over at fitliteratepod. Give us a follow on Instagram while you're there consider subscribing to the Patreon, or you can shoot us an email at carolynv and G at gmail.com. That email is also in the bio over at fitliteratepod on Instagram. 
I think I got it all. I'm starting to sound like a pro. Love it. All right. Thanks for being here, friends. I will talk to you next week. Bye.